It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber and read his latest piece up at all CHGO uh, and I guess all CHGO.com. Uh, you know, it could be a .co, it could be a .net or edu. .gov. Org. Org. Yeah, it's .com. But also, every country has their own after their own one, too. CA. .ca, .mx, .au, AU, EU, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. I uh, I think it's IR for Ireland, which Herb really didn't want to admit existed today. That's not true. It's over there. <laughs> Apparently, there are three people in Ireland. Sail across the sea, yeah. and you'll find it. You'll run right into it. Her- oh, I'll fly instead. Her- yes. Herb's not on RTE.mx. IR, uh, reading about Shane McGowan's funeral and them singing in the streets mourning uh, this great songwriter. You're Today's like, three people day. know who that is. Today is the day I realize who whoever the person you just named is. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Acknerall23. Uh, I know Paul Houston, though. I don't know who that is. It's, yeah, you do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I do. All right, my bad. Mono uh, for uh, you guys don't know. Yeah. Uh, you, if you said Adam Clayton, maybe I would have done a little bit, because that's his real name. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ecknerall23. is our CHGO White Sox community leader. Playing off of Vinny's latest article, uh, what Chris Getz and company are still looking for this offseason, uh, a little White Sox Christmas list. Uh, why don't you take us through what's on that wish list, and Herb and I are going to kind of play off of that and see you know, the ways that this wish list could be granted. Because, you know, sometimes you wish for a PS4 and it's an Xbox One or whatever. I guess PS5 and it's an Xbox One, right? You know, you, you, you wish for Nikes and it's a pair of Adidas shoes. It's, it's not that bad. A pair of Xbox Pumas. One uh, downshift from a PS5. I know, but it's not what you wished for, yeah, right? It's so it's a little bit different. It's, you know, same effect. We are the White Sox. You don't want to be a whiny, bratty kid because, mm-hmm. hey, all you get is Andrew Benatendi and Mike Clevenger and you like it last year. And, hey, we've gotten Eric Fetty and Max Stassi. Oh, my. Nick. Nicky Lopez. He's got about Paul Young. Uh, Paul Michael DeYoung. Soroka. Oh, my God. There's not enough room under that tree. <laughs> Jared Schuster. He's going to go. having back problems. A little stocking <laughs> stuff for a Jared Schuster. All right. Uh, anyways, Vinny, uh, why don't you take us through the White Sox Christmas list, their, their wish list for 2023? I don't know what you were in. Yeah, for a little bit longer. It's 2023. 2023. Yeah. But, yeah, the, listen, the... White Sox, as you just kind of illustrated there with all the names that we just mentioned, have been more active than most uh, across Major League Baseball. It's been obviously kind of a quiet offseason, a pretty slow-moving offseason as we come in here every day and basically say, well, everyone's still waiting to see where 
Otani goes. Everyone's still waiting to see where Yamamoto goes, and uh, it's not really moving very quickly. But the White Sox have added a lot. That being said, we all know how much they needed to add when the offseason began, and so they are far from over. Um, I, I, I think that if you look around at their roster, there's still – Five, six things that they are probably looking for uh, that are they're asking Santa for here this week. Uh, don't know if it'll come by uh, by Christmas because business usually slows around the holidays, though we all remember where we were the night that news broke that Edwin Encarnacion was coming to the White Sox on Christmas night. But um, <laughs> listen, they need a lot of things. They need some more starting pitching, I think, first and more. First and foremost, obviously you mentioned Eric Fetty's name and Michael Soroka's name and Jared Schuster's name, but... Think of all the question marks that are that go along with just those three guys. Not to mention, is Dylan Cease going to be here? Is Michael Kopech going to figure things out? Tuki Toussaint, Jesse Schultons, are they good enough to be the depth that this team needs? When's Davis Martin going to be healthy? When's Nick Nestrini going to be ready for the major leagues? Uh, they could use some more. And whether that is going to be anybody of any sort of uh, level to generate excitement throughout this fan base, who knows? But... The more the merrier uh, at this time of year. I, I, that would be my thought, and I think it's Chris Getz's thought too because even after signing Eric Fetty, he said starting pitching remains a priority for them. Uh, I think you just got to take that kind of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks approach uh, because it could really drastically go one way or the other for any number of these guys that are currently on this roster. I think I mentioned it yesterday. If you project right now the White Sox rotation to be Dylan Cease because he's still here, Michael Kopech. Eric Fetty, Michael Soroka, and Jared Schuster. Three of those five guys, the bottom three that I mentioned, made, started a grand total of 17 Major League Baseball games last year. Last, this, this, this year. 17 between the three of them. It's not a lot. A lot of hope. Uh, happens around Christmas. You know, I'm hoping that that's going to work out. Hey, and you listen, and, I don't know. And and feel free to call me, uh, you know, uh, negative on this front. It, it's very possible that all those guys have the upside that the White Sox see in them and, you know, and, and that sort of thing. But I think starting pitching is probably the first area where they are definitely going to need to uh, take take a bigger look. Do you I mean, want me to keep going? Well, I don't know no, how you have this formatted yeah, today. I guess, yeah, I guess not. I, I, I guess, you know. Do you want to weigh in on starting pitching and then go back to me or do you want me to just rattle all these off? How much time you got? We have about an hour. Okay. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me take my time and figure this out. <laughs> I don't know. I think the one thing that did stick out is just, like, it's obviously dependent on what they're going to do with that bobblehead over there. Uh, maybe not the, the guy of the image. because uh, They're going to bust down the door and repossess the bobblehead. <laughs> That's going to change everything. Oh, It's one of my favorites. It's a real-life mustache. Uh but I, I don't know. It does feel like Nestrini is more in in case of a breaking case of emergency, right? Like we waited too long on cease, and then right before the season, the perfect deal uh, finally came to us. Uh, and instead of going out and picking what's left of the, the starting pitching market, we'll give Nick Nestrini a shot and say he won it in st- spring training, right? Um, I think that it makes sense for them to give Nestrini until at least June in Charlotte to see, you know, a, a little bit higher level of competition um but if they were going to add a starting pitcher right now i think you probably add someone with flippability because as you brought up you have davis martin you have nick nestrini come july come august you probably want to see what these guys that have been pitching in the minor leagues has especially going into 2025 so i think if you're out um so i think like walk walk i thought was a guy that would be interesting 
but he signs for multi-years. It does feel like if they're going to add a starting pitcher or starting pitchers, it will probably be on a one-year deal. Because it does seem like they're just trying to get to next year in a way. And the pitchers that they would bring in would be only of the one-year quality, too. Like, prove it, you can do it again. They're not at the multi-year pitcher market. They're not. Well, they already signed one. Yeah, yeah. or Fetty, yeah. but they're not, like, anywhere in the Lucas Giolitos, or at least it's not, you know, rumored about. And the people who are left, Marcus Stroman, people who would be looking for a multi-year deal type of thing. So, yeah, I would see them being a, hey, can you prove it? And if you're good for us, the the the, the Mike Clevenger type deal where you're $8 million, $4 million to go away or you get a mutual option, something like that, you know, two years where it's like, okay, if you prove it that first year, we'll see if we want you the next year. Or if you don't want to and you want to hit the open market again, go ahead and do your thing. That type of player I think they'll be bringing in, and that's where I'm going to be going on my starting pitcher wish list because I would want better pitchers, of course. But I know (laughs) the White Sox are not of that market, so I'm going to be going to a place where I think it makes sense for them, makes sense for the pitcher, and also fits in within their parameters. Well, that sort of that sort of deal certainly would make sense for the White Sox, or I think they could do something like that. I think I'm looking at the the trend of the the kinds of moves that they've made so far this season, and I'm or this off season rather, and I'm seeing very low cost, very short term. You say flippability, it might not even be like. Herb is the thing, the kind of contract that Herb outlined is like the guy that you sign hoping to flip him kind of thing to me. I'm thinking Johnny Cueto. Oh, I was thinking Wade Miley. No, I mean, like, I'm thinking the kind of deal that the White Sox would sign would be the Johnny Cueto deal that the White Sox signed. Like, years ago. Veteran, veteran player, minor league deal. We'll see if you can make the team. If you can't, whatever no it's no no uh great shakes for us and if you can oh boy we're gonna turn you into something in july kind of thing like it it really it when when i say throw everything at the wall and see what sticks i'm t- i'm using the term that you've used a lot warm body right and it's and it's very much like <laughs> and, and, but the, the thing with that is like you don't have to budget for that kind of move that's a kind of move where you can go out and say hey there's three guys sitting yeah. over there it's right. march come on down, come compete in spring training and we'll keep you around in case we need you or, or in, if, if you show that you're better than some of the guys that we have. To me, that kind of move, those kind of moves, plural, would seem to really make sense for this White Sox team that has A, struggled so much with depth and B, like you said, maybe just kind of, for lack of a better term, killing time until 2025. Well, Not that that's what they've said they're doing, but... It kind of looks like that might be the case. So, Vinny, are you saying, and uh, Sarah, if you can uh, flash the uh, wish list that I have, are you saying that my wish list of Wade Miley is too uh, greedy? No, no. Wade I, Miley, who uh, at Per Fangraph's uh, crowdsource would be getting around a year and $8 million? I don't think it's too greedy. <laughs> I think that there are different ways to look at, at addressing that need. And I think the White Sox want more starting pitching and but we always hear from GM saying we always want everyone always wants more starting pitching. So just go gobble up a bunch of starting pitching, and it. I mean, it doesn't have to be good, right? You can see, you can find out, <laughs> you can find out in February and March if it's any good, and if it's not, guess what? Then the guy becomes a minor league free agent. Like, it's not a it's not a big deal. Um, of course, you're not seeing those kind of moves at Christmas time. You're yeah. seeing those kind of moves in the first two weeks of February. Yeah, and what I'm thinking too is the White Sox. While you said the five players, you said probably have one spot open because Dylan Cease is on this team's 
pitching. Same thing with Michael Kopech. He's going to be a starter. And for the more, more, li- more than likely, Fetty and uh, uh, Soroka will be in the starting rotation. So then you have all the people, the Schusters, the Tuki Kusansas of Schuster, the world. Schuster made more starts uh, then, last year than Soroka did. He did. Big, big league level. But, like, I think they think more of Soroka than they think of Schuster, like, as a starting pitcher. Like, he's, got, he's, got a, he's got more of a track record. Yeah. yeah. And so I would be thinking of a person that needs to just fit into that whole style. And since Schuster is the left-hander of that group, I would say you would need a le- another left-hander, so Wade Miley would make fit in. And uh, Sarah, if you can put up my thing, I was going more James Paxton, and I know people are like, "Oh, he's old." Last year, <laughs> June and June, he was the AL pitcher of the month wow. with a sub two ERA, and was looking to get traded because he was on the Boston Red Sox. They had nothing really to do, and then he didn't get traded, and pretty much sucked after the trade deadline, and then pretty much went on the IL, but. I think that'll be a perfect pitcher for the White Sox. Veteran, lefty, used to pitch in the cold. He's a Canadian. He's would be a perfect fit for the White Sox, I think, in that rotation. And he still has some juice to him. Just came off of Tommy John from 2022, and so his arm is kind of fresh. I think it'll be a good move for the White Sox, and it would fit into their parameters. That would probably be like a one-year, $9 million, $10 million deal by roster resource. So I think that type of deal would be the White Sox perfect deal because of the fills out the roster put Schuster probably into the minor leagues or to a swing spot where they have the depth and then they don't have to go too far with um paying a top level guy and they could still get a trade and flippability from James Paxton I'm just playing devil's advocate here Mm -hmm. this is not my opinion but I'll play devil's advocate for a team that we've seen spend so little money so far this offseason uh, a multi-year deal at which they are paying that player less than $8 million per year. In What good does it do you to spend $10 million on James Paxton? That's a good point. But I think it's, it's a part of them being resourceful in the middle of the market where, yes, they haven't gone to the top or even the middle of the market and have gone with Fetty for the 15 for two. It's just a solid pitcher. They just think he's a, a, like it's an untapped resource where he did pitch well in the AL Central and he pitched well versus AL Central t- teams specifically, except for the Cleveland Guardians. I think he's got a 3-2 ERA or below versus the other three teams that are in the AL Central. So it makes sense for the White Sox to get that person because they face him 12 times each in the league. So I think if they are thinking about, okay, this guy has a track record, he's a lefty, he's good, he's a veteran – and he's not that expensive, I think that's why it fits into it. Yes, it's a lot more money than they would want to spend, but it's also, uh, I think it's a untapped resource where people are trying to look over James Paxson because he's old. He missed a whole 2022, didn't pitch a lot in 2023, and when he did, it wasn't that great except for that month of June where he faced three AL Central teams and did pretty well versus them. The team he didn't pitch well versus, weirdly enough, the White Sox. Well, Herb, I I love you. I think part of the reason why he had success in June was because he's pitching against dog shit AL Central teams. And um, he'll be pitching versus respect- dog shit <laughs> AL Central teams here. Respectfully. Um, and I get that. But, again, Big Maple, you know, really really great in 2019. That eagle landed on him that one time. Yeah. That was cool. Yep. I, just, I don't know how much is left in that, that 35-year-old tank. I, that, AL Pitcher of the Month in June of this year. Yeah, but when you turn... 35, like the, your ability to recover just falls off the table. Uh-oh. Uh, 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 age, Uh-oh. Aging kind of <laughs> I'm happens. one year away. Does, does yeah, it? You're not a professional athlete. Um, <laughs> I like, never heard of know. that. Huh? Oh, I was saying I've never heard of that. 
I don't nope. know. No, I didn't know. You that. got a long ways to go, Sarah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I'm just confused. <laughs> uh, but like, you I'm know, ten years past that, it, he's, he's had a lot of buildup of of stuff. Uh, you talked about Tommy John. I mean, he didn't pitch in 2020. Really, he didn't pitch in 2021. Uh, and then this year, in those last 19 innings, he gave up what? Uh, f- he had a 14 ERA. Um, I just want to make sure that's, that's a, not good. Correct. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. 16 earned runs and nine and two thirds innings. He had knee inflammation. Yeah, but, well, but like, here's the I, thing. That's I, a like, that's a problem because what's one thing that we keep hearing from Chris Getz? It's not necessarily the White Sox need starting pitchers. It's that they need starting pitching innings. And I think that, so. If you can, if you do want to pick a trait or an attribute to kind of focus in on durability, uh, guys that can th- guys that can throw a lot. I mean, you you look at the state of the White Sox bullpen right now. There's nobody in it. I was thinking, I was There's, looking at it. I was the, like, who the fuck's and, in it? <laughs> and if you've got that, plus all the question marks we talked about earlier, you need somebody that you can throw out there and, hey, who cares if they give up five runs? As long as they throw, if they can get six, get you six innings, that's the big, that's the big number that I think that the White Sox would be looking for this year with what they are currently trying to do that it looks like they are trying to do. Um, I think if you can pick out somebody who is – durable who can throw a lot of innings but again it's just going to have to come down to luck nobody thought that johnny cueto was going to throw them all those innings you know two years ago i i I think that's the kind of signing and that's the kind of outcome that i mean obviously he was really good but i just mean a guy that can take the ball every five days that's the kind of outcome that the white Sox are looking for okay how about how about these names all right and then and how how many how many guys starting pitchers do you want to give minor league invites to if it's me, yeah, as yeah. many as you can. I know, but like for 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 the bit, what, like five oh, for the bit, yeah, four or five, five? sure. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Five's so, probably shooting pretty high, but let's go with <laughs> let's go with four or five. Well, look, can I volunteer Julio Tehran? So <laughs> I, I, I actually think Julio Tehran might be a little bit too expensive for our taste with mm-hmm. his point three war. Uh, but I, I think that maybe if he doesn't really have the market, you know, we could throw Julio Tehran in. But uh, you know who's thrown a lot of innings? Might not have been major league innings in the past couple of years. Mm. Past two innings. It's already not great, but go ahead. Dallas Keuchel. Worth one more. I don't see that happening. I'm I'm already out. Okay. Uh, Brad Keller. Royals connection. I can see that. He's only 28. I can see that. Absolutely. He's a Royal, too. I can see that happening. Cookie Carrasco. He's 37. He's love it. He's thrown a ton, uh, but he hasn't been good. Is that a problem? I think he's getting a major league contract, though. You think so? He's 37? Yeah, he's getting a major league contract. All right. Um, What about Jose Urena? Why not? Bring him back? Yeah, Why might not? as well. I mean, a minor league deal. And you brought up Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto isn't getting a major league deal, but hey, you could bring him back. Like, I think he's a lot better than Corey Kluber at this point. Or maybe the he has Kluber? the... Yeah, maybe he has the, the, the potential to be a little bit more. Mm. Uh, how about how about Cueto, Urania, Carrasco, Keller? And you 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 said no to Keuchel, so do you want me to get... I him? don't see that happening. Yes. No, me either. Okay. Klubot will re- rather retire than take a minor league deal. Do we throw, do we throw Thor in there? Little, I mean, little Noah Syndergaard. He says it doesn't hurt, I, but I think his velocity and stuff will get him a major league deal, which it always has. He's not that old. Was he all that stuff. thirty? If that? Uh, no, that's Carlos Carrasco. Uh, yeah, yeah, thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah, so he he'll get something. Yeah, but his his velocity, I think, is falling off. I mean, that's really the one thing I think that he's tried to focus on is like maybe dipping his velocities because he's finally gotten healthy mm-hmm. uh, in 2022 and 2023, uh, throwing 88 and two thirds and then 134 and two thirds. Not great, uh, but yeah, his fastball velocity, 92.2. Oof. Yeah. 
So not great, Bob. Um, all right, let's take a break. Zach Grinky. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think Granky, but like he was, he was okay. Someone give him a major league contract, right? I, I think so. Like he's, he's a future Hall of Famer. He sits with last year. Uh, Grinky was better, than, the same as Wade Miley and Sean Manaya. You love, yeah. <laughs> um, I understand Grinky's forty. And that's Brian Bannister's guy. Maybe maybe they're able to talk. Gene Watson's here too. He's a royal guy. Uh, maybe maybe you know they're able to talk to Zach and be like, "Hey, you've made enough money in your damn life. Let's just uh, two mil." You're kind of weird too. <laughs> You're a weirdo. You'll fit, you fix the clubhouse. <laughs> you've, you've already kicked one Cuban off the bus <laughs> one time. If another one gets out of hand, you got us. You remember when he kicked uh, Yasiel Puig off the bus here in Chicago? Nope. Yeah. Did he deserve it? I mean, uh, apparently, Jose okay. Puig was not a great person, apparently, as a clubhouse guy. Uh, okay. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, we got uh, 21 strikeouts Granky needs to get to 3,000. So, hey, you know, come take three mil and, uh, you know, get your get your 21 strikeouts and ride off into the sunset, giving us that 100 is, innings. That is not, that does not sound outlandish to me no, at okay. all. Okay, <laughs> great. Woo-hoo. What else uh, are they going to do? So just sub Dallas Keuchel or Noah Syndergaard for Zach Zach Greinke. I'm in. And Rich Hill too. Uh, I think Luke Dick brought Mountain? up. No, these no. guys are getting these are these Lee guys Greer. are getting major league contracts. You think Rich Hill's getting a major league contract? He always does. Forty three year old Rich <laughs> <Yes>. Hill <laughs> <laughs> threw 146 innings last year. That's really good. Yeah, it is with his 541 ERA. Hey man, that's not as good. <laughs> 81 ERA plus. Yikes! Hey, his FIP was 487 though. That's kind of crazy. Innings, he's uh, got to get. They need those innings. Damn, I mean, hey, I, I could talk. I could talk myself into Rich Hill he and Zach Greinke like, with with like Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor. I think he pitched with Babe Ruth. <laughs> I think he was, you know, he was never a Yankee, was he? I mean, he was a Yankee. Yeah, he's pitched with most people. Um, yeah, I mean, what teams haven't he pitched for? White um, Sox. The White Sox. There we go. Come on, Rich. <laughs> Full circle. Um, Starting in your career in Chicago. Yeah. So 2005 was his first year. So uh, he was on the same team as. Uh, uh, Todd Walker, Todd Hollinsworth, Corey Patterson, Jeremy Burnitz, uh, Nomar Garcia Parra, uh, your guy. Uh, the Riot was on that team. Uh, White Sox legend uh, Gio Soto had a at bat. Uh, Greg Maddox. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Will Omen too. Rich Hill, Rich Hill pitched with Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox. <laughs> we should we should do that. How 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 little of a timeline can we create in baseball history? So like Rich Hill. It's probably going to take us to 2005. Greg Maddox can take us to like 1980 something. Yeah, yeah right. Like we got to be able to like get uh, you know a, a massive. How how short can we go from today to Babe Ruth? Phil Necro is always helpful for that because he pitched for like 30 years. <laughs> I mean, Gaylord Perry. Yeah, <laughs> we just need to get someone who was uh, teammates with Minnie Mignoso. How about that? Rich Hill started the punch AJ game. Did he really? So says Connor. That's crazy. I trust. I, I, I trust Connor. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't even have to Google that one. All right. Uh, let's take a break and let you know about uh, some of our great sponsors, including our new one, Prize Picks. Uh, Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Uh, they are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of adding thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in um, prize picks is very fun uh, over the weekend. I, I played around with the app uh, since they've, they've become our sponsor. Uh, I think I, I, I won two contests. Um, I only did up to three players, but uh, you know, it was uh, 
Uh, Zeke Elliott uh, going over his receiving yards, and that Patriots, was yeah. yeah 19 and a half, and he got 21, and I was like, thank God. Uh, Dylan Brooks threw three quarters of a basketball game, had no turnovers, and I had him over one and a half turnovers. Mm. He got the two okay. in the last uh, <laughs> quarter, thank the Lord. And then uh, what was the other one? I, I can't remember at this point. Um, I think it was a uh, Cur- uh, Curtis Granderson, not that one, I think, Uh Maybe Carl Granderson. Of There's the Saints a second to get a Curtis Saints. Granderson? Not, not oh. that one. Uh, <laughs> I, I could be wrong on his first name, uh, but the Saints D, uh, defensive end to get a sack. And, uh, you know, they, I cashed a, a prize pick, and that was very fun. Uh, it's really simple to play, too. Uh, you can make your picks and submit entries in less than 60 seconds. So if you're just waiting for a game to start, like the uh, Blackhawks game tonight, uh, you know, maybe right before the game starts, you could pop in a prize pick uh, and uh, jump on into the fun. So go to prizepicks.com slash CHGO and use CHGO, uh, use code CHGO, uh, for a first-time uh, match, a first-time deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com and use code CHGO. Daily fantasy sports made easy with our friends over at Prize Picks. Herb, why don't you tell our friends over uh, about uh, Midtown Athletic Club? Midtown has four Chicagoland locations: Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. The Midtown Palatine Place has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. Listeners can lock in favorable rates if they join before the end of the year. About to hurry up, though. We've got, what, 10 days left in the rest of the year? Not, not many. Yeah. Something at clubs at the clubs for everybody. If you're a single person, married with kids, person looking for a holistic wellness, or just trying to work out and make some lifestyle changes, Midtown's got you covered. And one of the people who use Midtown Chicago said, it is the nicest fitness club that they've ever been to. And to call it that is underselling it, in my opinion, because they have super luxe locker rooms with wet and dry saunas and premium amenities, amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs, a collection of boutique fitnesses, fitness studios, and 100 classes in those studios. I went to the Les Mills Body Pump Fitness class in the theater. You can go to the field, the ride, everybody fights, Samadhi, or the arena. They got everything for you there. And all the equipment, like if you need yoga, they got the yoga mats out there for you and the Pilates uh, machines there for you. So you don't have to bring it for yourself. They have it for you. And the thing I know Midtown for is their tennis. That's when I grew up here in the Chicago land area. I was like, Midtown is the place for tennis. Same way. Midtown has the best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Midtown has indoor, outdoor tennis, pickleball, paddleball tennis, USTA professional quality all the way. Head on over to midtown.com slash CHGO and find out more and tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Thanks, Herb. You're welcome. Thanks, Herb. You're welcome also. Did we say thanks, Herb? No. Okay. Um, so I don't know where to go from here. Well, I here, to, I'll, I'll, I'll keep well, going. No, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, or not, you got more starting pitching to oh, go to. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> I do have one more starting pitching thought. Uh, but, yeah, so you can go Rich Hill to Greg Maddox in the 1986 Cubs, and then you can go Ron Say. Ron Say uh, played on the 1971 Dodgers, but I'm kind of at a, a, Penguin. A, 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 a little tipping point here because there was also the spy, uh, Chris Spear, uh, who also was on the 1986 Cubs, uh, but he was on the 1971 Giants. So we can either go to the 1971 Dodgers or the 1971 Giants. So right now we are uh, three players, and we've gone from modern day to 1971. But we can just go to Lee Greer's Mini Minoso and get there to get just back to the 80s. But none of these guys good. played with Mini Minoso. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I got one more starting pitching thought. Like, obviously. 
the budget is a thing. And I think we are pretty clear that with your wish of uh, James Paxton and my wish of Wade Miley that wasn't even granted by Santa Vinny. Um, <laughs> Nothing but coal for you guys. <laughs> that, uh, you know, even even thinking that a guy might be making $8 million a year is a, a little bit too rich for our family. Um, how about, though, like just the idea? I don't even know why, but like Shota Iman... I was saying this fine in my head before the show. Uh, Shota... Shota Imanaga, mm-hmm. uh, he is around the same age as uh, Kodai Senga. We saw him get 575 last year. Um, the predictions of Fangraph said that Imanaga would be getting around like 468. Uh, the difference between him and Senga is Senga was a little bit more uh, walk risk adverse, like giving up a ton, you know, more of a Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech guy, mm-hmm. uh, where Imanaga is more of a Michael Kopech guy and he gives up a ton of homers. Uh, maybe Lance Lynn because the Michael Co- it was more a bash it was a joke on Mike how bad Michael Kopech is I I got it because he's joke. both yes. the Walker and the home run guy I got you yeah uh, but Ibanaga like that's a guy that's thirty and if he comes out and has a crazy start to his career um, I mean that's a guy that you could probably sell in a or not sell but trade at the trade deadline I'm just thinking like why don't the White Sox take risks like that at all where hey. This guy might just be undervalued. We saw this with Fetty. Why not take a shot and try to flip this player? I guess it's just because we have no desire to spend over a certain yes. amount. Oh, well, I think, yes. well, sh- sure. I, I think that the way I'm looking at it is, do the White Sox know even at this point when they know that they're going to be contending again? You know what I mean? Like we've talked about so much how like the idea of them wanting to get back to where, to the top of the division by 2025 hinges maybe on what they're able to accomplish this off season or certainly next off season. Um, if they are un- unsure that they can accomplish enough to get to that point, is that investment in, in a contract for that guy? Because listen, a long-term contract would make sense for the White Sox. They plan to be good over the long term, right? Mm-hmm. You know whether or not that'll happen, we'll find out. But if they think, oh boy, this could be one, two, three years where we don't know if we're going to be contending, what are they spending that money on that type of contract? Even if that player is very good, what are you spending that money on? You know what I mean? Like if he's a guy, because the idea would be he's someone who can help you win the division. He's someone who can help you win in the playoffs. If they're not planning on, or they don't know whether or not they're going to be competing for the division during the, let's say, half or majority of that contract, then all of a sudden it's like, well, what are you paying for? Nothing. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, I, I don't think they'll be getting Shota. No. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move to my wish list. I mean, have they ever gotten a starting pitcher who is from an Asian country specific? Like, that's his origin? Well, I, don't, I don't know. Like that's they've gotten uh, Shingo Takatsu is a, a a reliever, but I don't think they've ever you know gone out and gotten a starter because usually back in the day used to have the big posting fee and that was a no go with Jerry, and now they're still really expensive to bring over here. So I don't think that's in Jerry's purview where he's spending a bunch of money on unknowns. That's what he would call it probably. Yeah, I mean, just even the idea of a free agent. I mean, we saw Dallas Keuchel, um, but I guess the probably the selling point of that was oh this Champion. is a guy. Well, champion, but more of like a lefty that doesn't throw hard, so he won't be breaking down. Like a a, mm. a reliable veteran. Like I think that was the easy pitch with let's go spend this on a free agent pitcher mm-hmm. um, outside of I mean acquiring Lance in a in a trade. Um, all right, let's go to my wish list because uh, you didn't have a second baseman, right? 
I don't think I. I mean, I just downshifted to Nicky Lopez. Here. You're you're fine with Nicky Lopez. It's, I know that the second base market doesn't look great, as you see right there on your list. Well, here's the thing: I've obviously thrown out Whit Merrifield a ton. I don't actually want Whit, Whit Merrifield. I don't. I don't think that he would be a good addition. I think that would be a waste of money on a guy who's kind of washed. Um, Elvis Andres, though, mm. is he washed? Yes. Because I, I think the thing is, is like he is better than Whit Merrifield at this point, and I think that Whit Merrifield will probably make more money than Elvis Andres. So true. I mean, I think he's more reliable then Nicky Lopez and maybe you put Lopez in more of a floater spot where he could play third short second like he doesn't have to be your starting second baseman and that way he can just give you defensive versatility which he's really good at Elvis can give you just an average bat I mean he was fine last year I mean eventually I didn't I didn't I know the whole season counts but like he started off really struggling struggling and then eventually he became a decent guy he was he was horrible in the first half last year yeah offensively well, you know, I mean, he, he closed it out strong. So he, he, he showed did. that, you know, this is the anti-James Paxton. You know, James Paxton <laughs> won uh, AL pitcher in the, on the month of June. And uh, Elvis Andres, I think, was player of the month in September. Like, AL player of the month of all of September, right? Was he? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he was. was he? I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> AL player of the Stop month? It. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, the White Sox? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, again, it's, it in doesn't... In family? Well, the thing is about second base, there is... There's uh, at least to Fangraph's top 50 free agents. It is terrible. There are two middle infielders, uh, Ahmed Rosario and Tim Anderson, that are even currently top 50 uh, in in the free agent. But market, again, so. here's the thing, and and this is not a knock on you guys. This is what everybody does every offseason, you know, myself included. It's so easy to say, well, they have to go get one of those free agents because that's a name that I can see that needs a job that they can sign tomorrow. The free the the trade market is just as realistic if not more realistic for this White Sox team I'm not saying go through every second baseman in baseball that'll take you longer than just me getting to the end of the sentence (laughs) but uh you know think about you can't just you know it's hard to say for Herb for example oh well there's no free agent starting second baseman out there that's that much better than Nicky Lopez so I guess they're stuck with them like they they they're the ones who have yet to commit to Lopez being their everyday starter yet right Mm -hmm. so second baseman looks very possible as something that they could add I don't know if it's going to be a certainty, but they've talked about exploring that kind of those avenues. If they can make a trade for that sends Dylan Cease out of town or that sends Moncada or Aloy somewhere to another team, maybe a second baseman comes back. And I'm not saying he's going to, you know, be the, the next, uh, you know, Joe Morgan or anything, but it might be somebody who takes that spot on the depth chart over Nicky Lopez. Maybe I'd be thrilled to see real Joe Morgan play second base for this team in 2024. I mean, he's not alive, but yes. <laughs> he's not? No, he's currently not with oh, us. Oh, shit. I, thought, I didn't know Joe Morgan died. All right, Joe Morgan. Recently, like either last year or this year. I did not know that. Yeah. Damn. Um, I, I do see Victor Von Doom bringing up Tony Kemp. Uh, oh, yeah. He died in 2020. R.I.P. 2020. Uh, yeah, Joe Morgan. My a long bad. time ago. Um, Tony Kemp, though, uh, if he was a better defender, I'd be cool with it. He, he walks a decent amount, doesn't strike out a ton, uh, doesn't really whiff, um, is, is kind of just a solid, you know, will give you a tough at bat. Um, but he's not that great of a defender. He yeah. can play left and second, can't play right and second. I think that's the one thing with Merrifield. Merrifield is comfortable in right, uh, where Tony Kemp isn't uh, that. So that's why I think, I mean, over Elvis Andrews and you're not even picking of a second baseman, I think that's why Whit Merrifield is at least the, the more... 
versatile, more of a tolerable, stomachable uh, pickup just because he's at least closer to league average. But he might be, what, eight, nine, ten million? Yeah, I know. He might be really expensive for this team. So I would love anybody that can play a competent second base where they're worth the price that they're paying them. So bring in that person. And I think Nicky Lopez, if you fill out other spots with big, that's why I was last year pounding the table for an actual right fielder. Because if you get an actual right field, you can live with the Elvis Andres of the world being second baseman and your catcher being subpar. Because then you have your offense being made up by the right fielder, which the White Sox haven't had in ages. And so the problem with the problem with last year was that the defense at second base and catcher was not very bad good. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bad too. So just yeah. So you can fix a lot of things with a offensive right fielder that is you know maybe zero defensive run saved or just a, a smidge below that if he's bringing power to the table but and then you can live with the Nicky Lopez of the world because I like the versatility of him hitting from the left side even though it doesn't hit well from the left side I just need the 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 roster to be a little bit different than all those right-handers in the lineup and I think only Yoan left-handed right now in the starting lineup because they lost I mean unless you're putting Gavin Ben Intendi ugh so well, we he's got, in the starting lineup. Oh, yeah. So we got two. So, <laughs> My guy. So we got two left-handers who don't hit. Let's no. add another one. <laughs> right. Well, Herb, you got a third if you had Gavin. Herb, you do bring up one thing that I think uh, certainly colors the discussion when it comes to maybe a second baseman and, by the way, definitely a right fielder. They need a right fielder. 100%. Oscar Colas is going to start at least start the season in the majors, if not be there all year. Gavin Sheets is uh, uh, a guy who is a first baseman playing the outfield they don't want to do that anymore they want defensive upgrades at the bare minimum you've seen it with de young you've seen it with lopez you've seen it with max stassi they want defensive upgrades they want that in right field too and so maybe the pattern continues and it's another defense first guy where the bat is just meh but whether it's second base or right field don't go looking for them to sign somebody who's not a big defensive upgrade. I think that is the main thing that Chris has been talking about all offseason long. He talked about it at the winter meetings in regard to right field. Uh, you know, so when you're saying you wouldn't mind a right fielder who can hit as long as second and catch our, uh, you know, the defense is good. I don't know if the White Sox agree. I think the White Sox want somebody who can play defense hitting. Certainly a bonus. <laughs> certainly ideal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think defense is going to continue to be the focus of any position player they bring in. Well, and, and they'll want somebody who can run, too. Uh, somebody brought up earlier that the perfect person would be Travis Jankowski uh, for the White Sox. Even though he's more of a left-hander, he can run. He hit a little bit last year in Texas. Travis Jankowski would fit into what Vinny's saying. He can catch the ball with the greatest of ease. He can steal the bases. And he's a plus outfielder, I believe. I don't know. I think I don't know I if think, he has a plus right field arm. Now he has a plus yeah. outfielder, though. Uh, his arm strength's a little bit above league average. Uh, the arm value is bad, but also I don't know what that stat means. Um, negative three arm value, but he's, he's got his arm strength is. It's above depreciating average. over time, like a car. <laughs> he, he can throw it very well, but he can't hit anything. Um, he can throw it over the mountains, but he's just not sure which mountains. Um, yeah, I don't know about Jankowski. I get the, the left-handed side, but uh, can we see my, my wish list here? I, I got a right fielder. I, th- I Michael A. Taylor. A. Hey. Hey. Uh, hey. Uh, the A. He uh, played for the Royals and Twins already. Mm-hmm. Um, Knows the division. 
Like, knows the division, and I like guys that can Kelly Johnson it, right? I want this to be a one-year deal, and then he goes to the Tigers, right? And then I want a one-year deal, and then he goes, what's the other team? Guardians. Guardians. Then he goes to the Guardians, and then he can retire happy, completing the AL Central. He has completed a quest, and I think you get a badge from uh, the commissioner for doing that. Um, He has completed the AL Central. Uh, But he is a guy that had nine fielding runs, 93 percentile in Major League Baseball uh, for fielding, uh, 77 percentile in base running value. He was a positive base runner, which I know the White Sox would be thrilled about. They want guys who can play Good, clean baseball, and his batting run value, negative 10. So there you go. Michael A. Taylor, you are a White Sock. To me, my, my thought on him would be, and I think I said this to you off air at some point in the last few days, uh, wouldn't the team want to give him money to play center field yes. for them? And so, I mean, he's he's so good at it mm-hmm. that, that there have got to be teams out there that would be giving him, again, in line with what his offensive production is, but quote-unquote center fielder money to play center field where the White Sox would want to give him less to play right field, you'd imagine, maybe. But um, my just my thought is there's got to be a team out there that sees the defense, same with what Jared is suggesting with Kevin Kiermeyer, sees the defense over the years as being an elite center fielder and saying, well, just have him play center field somewhere starting in center field for any number of other major league teams. The White Sox already have an elite defensive center fielder. Maybe that fills that one hole. I'm not sure. What teams are looking for a center fielder, though? I mean, it'd be very hard-pressed to find one. I'm sure there's a team that has a underwhelming center fielder right now or a person that is in the minors not ready to go right now, and Michael A. Tata would fit in that perfectly. The reason why I fit in with the Twins is because Brian Buxton, they want to take off. But now I think they're cool with, uh, you know, other people playing center field other than Byron Buxton. So there'll be some teams out there looking to get him on their team. Yeah, I would think Minnesota would act quickly if they if they knew they have a limited budget and they know they have to fill that spot. Um, you'd think that maybe they'd just be interested in keeping him. Uh, I don't know about Toronto if they're going to roll with Varsho in center field. That takes uh, away his, his value in left field. So, I mean, maybe they're probably going to be in on Kiermaier. Um, and they just haven't acted because of Yamamoto slash Otani. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Michael K- A. Taylor is getting a, a lot of calls, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like anyone's taking a lot of calls in, in free agency this year. Um, and then real quick, Connor said, Sean is short men. We must support Andrew Benatendi. Uh, we are critics. And as Teddy Roosevelt said, he is the man in the arena and uh, a five-seven-one at that. So, Well, I think you've got to <laughs> shut up at least for like the next five minutes about Benatendi just because this is a plea that is quoting Teddy Roosevelt. So I think you just got to <laughs> tip your cap to that. I, 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 you brought up Andrew Benatendi. You forgot him. All yeah, I was just doing was reminding you yes, of him. Sure. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, in anything sports gaming, says Sox should sign Matt Chapman again. Uh, the issue is uh, Vinny won't allow it. So thanks, Vinny. Um, Herb, do you have an outfielder? I mean, my outfielder comes from a platoon situation. I know <laughs> I have Robbie Grossman up there. And the reason why I do have it last year's splits as against left-handed hitters was, uh, let me find it, 309, 416, and 536. So Let's go. really strong. He's a terrible outfielder, and especially <laughs> in the right field. But he played for the Texas Rangers last year. And you can go and do a platoon with your guy who's 35 years old also. Adam Duvall. So, you know, yes, Robbie Grossman would be, you know, probably hitting right-handed there, and you would lose a little bit. So whatever one you don't get, and I know I had DH is a very high wish list in J.D. Martinez, but you can have one of them in the right field and the other one play designated hitter because my other thing is that I'm trading Aloy Menace. I try to trade him every damn year. 
I was going to say, listen, every, every damn month, it seems. Listen like. to me. Eloy Jimenez has value. The Toronto Blue Jays, who we just talked about, need a designated hitter because Brandon Bell, I think, is on the free agent list. And he did well for them last year. He was probably one of their best everyday hitters, which says a lot about the Toronto Blue Jays. But Eloy Jimenez up there in Blue Jay land, you bring us one of the catchers. If it's Danny Jansen, baby. But if it's Alejandro Kirk, who had a bad subpar offensive year, but his defense was, I think, second best in defensive run saved, you could have a solved catcher position for the next three years at minimum because he's still arbitration eligible for his first year. I think it will be the perfect situation for both teams involved. You give Danny Jansen a, 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 all or most of the catching opportunities up there, and then you give um, – Aloy, a chance to go up there to Toronto to be around some people who are more like-minded and a dome that's got, you know, weather control. He didn't have to be the uh, right fielder. He wouldn't want to be the right fielder because of the turf up there. So he'll be good to go. I think it's a nice even swap. I think Toronto can stomach the three, $13 because they were willing to pay seven to $700 million for Shohei Itani. Well, and so they have the money. I know it's different. He's the best player different. in baseball. I understand, but they wouldn't like, oh, $13 million for a designated hero. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. They're a bigger market team in the AL East, so they need another bopper. And if you ask KBW, they need more offense. And, yes, Eloy hasn't been an offensive guy this past year, but last year, as we know, in 2022 – Awesome. So that would be my solution. I don't know who says no. Maybe Toronto because they love Alejandro Kirk and he's a great catcher, but he struggled so mightily hitting last year. Uh, I don't know how we even got to the trade partner section. I was supposed to take a break before that. You flashed the graphic and Herb just was like, I'm hey, I'm reading this whole graphic. That's on me. And Herb, <laughs> Herb killed it. And I, I think if the White Sox do that, I think, you know, the one thing that uh, Shea Fidel brings up is uh, we got catchers already coming up. So, uh, you know, if, if you do feel like that might block Edgar Carroll or the, the mean Max Stassi. You want to. That's what you want to do. What's like, going to happen with Corey Lee? He's going to sit his ass on the bench. That's what you're oh, okay. going to do. They're going like, to use that option. Like, I hate doing that where you're not filling a position because eventually that prospect is going to or projects to be that guy. No, fill that spot up now. And if that guy is that guy, you can have like they do with Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. And who was the guy who's now in, uh, in, uh, in Arizona? The catcher they had Moreno. two years ago. Moreno. Mm. It's good to have options. They trade him away. They get better players that way. That's a good problem to have. You don't just keep the position open just because a guy is going to be eventually coming up there. I think that's a stupid thing. That's what the White Sox did when they didn't have, uh, you know, a catcher coming up and maybe Zach Collins was coming up. (coughs) Sorry. They went and got um, my guy, Yasmani Grandal. And so that is the way you do it. You sign players who are good and don't worry about the prospects coming up. And if they do come up and they're just knocking on the door, you either trade them or you get rid of the veteran that you just signed in. I hear that. Like I said, he's only got three years left. So theoretically, what, 25 is Kiro's time he's supposed to be coming up? Why can't he wait till 26? Why can't he just go somewhere else? I mean, I don't know. It seems like he could possibly be here in 24. Uh, I don't know about that. But I guess the point, to Herb's point, like, I think that you're, first of all, you're right, right? Why would you deny yourself the ability to be better? But the way that teams think, I think you really got to look at, again, what I was just talking about earlier, 
and it's the the the, the schedule, right? The the idea of when you're contending, trading a guy, trading Aloy Jimenez for a position that you think you're going to have covered when you when you are contending next. Is that maximizing Aloy Jimenez's value when you can get yourself pitching that might be able to better serve your needs a year, two years down the line? If they were in a position where they could win the division this year and all they and they needed to improve at catcher, it's like slam dunk. Of course, do it. And I think you Alejandro don't wait. Kirk is you don't a better catcher than you don't, what Edgar Caro ever will be. But my point being, you don't wait two years on Edgar Caro when you've got when you've got a need right now. Their needs. Our needs, yes, but they're in a season where they're not expecting to contend. It's about maybe maximizing the value of the guy that you're either a the guy that you're trading or b the money that you're spending. Mm -hmm. What'd you say about Alejandro Kirk? What? He's a really good catcher currently in the major leagues, and he was a really good hitter the years before. This past year, he fell off the table. But you'll take Alejandro Kirk's career over Edgar Caro. Yeah, I'll roll that dice. I don't want to look at. Kiro uh, and say, man, you know, he's gonna be good. You know they I did that at actual with Mar- good right now. You know they did that with Moreno, and Moreno's way better than the catchers they got, and they shouldn't have made that trade with Varsho. They should have traded hell at Andro Kirk or Jansen before the year. Hey man, they just have a good stable of catchers there. All right, they have a, a embarrassment of riches, which I wish the White Sox had. Let's take a. I mean, break. they have Max Stassi and yeah, Edgar Kiro. I did forget about that. Sorry, and Corey about that. Lee. <laughs> um, Hey, I didn't even bring up Carlos Perez. Uh, Vinny, should we bring up electric vehicles? Because it is getting bit easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. Sean, that's a tremendous point. What are you, what are you doing? I'm some share. I'm that's a home world. Oh, you're doing yeah, share. Okay. It's all of us. I'm acting. Encompassing. That's right, Sean. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow, a great, big, beautiful electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. Oh, that's my turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what should businesses, uh, business owners do? That's a great question. What they should do is they should go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, yes, you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Yes, Sean, that's exactly what I said. Now go and see how Going Electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Good job to Sarah, who's uh, saying, did you say comment.com slash clean? That's uh, the best part of the ad. I think it is. Uh, it's, my, it's my favorite part. Uh, we also want to let you know about our friends over at Ray CDJR. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep. And Ram in Fox Lake is making room on their lot for new incoming 2024 vehicles. And Herb, do you know what that means? Yes, they got to go with the old stuff. They got to go. Exactly. You'll be able to shop incredible (laughs) savings on every new vehicle in stock during their limited time wrap up the year sales event. For a limited time, get up to 15% off new 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokees with dealer discount at Race CDJR. You'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you expected uh, thanks to Race Price Promise. Did you point at me? I didn't. Oh, I thought I I, I thought in my periphery. I thought, no. Okay. 
Uh, where was I? Don't miss out on shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray CDGR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. And that's not all. Just for listening, you can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center of or mention CHGO when you book online at Ray CDJR slash service. <laughs> Hurry in. You must book before December 31st, 2023. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, uh, because they are the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDGR, CD, Ray CDGR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today, uh, serving the community since 1963. Okay. You brought up a point, Vinny. I think about... I forget what it... Okay, well, maybe we should combine our, our trade to get the maximum amount of pitching uh, in this, because I also have the Blue Jays as a trade partner. Okay. Um, you were saying the White Sox are looking for a trade partner. Maybe. I read that you as... You would think. Yeah. yeah. I read that as Dylan Cease. Yeah. Herb, Herb took that as another way to ship Aloy Jimenez out of town. Please. Hey, we just spent yesterday <laughs> talking about could they trade Aloy or, or Yoan this, uh, this winter. So why not uh, combine this, and Herb could go get his Alejandro... Kirk, uh, catcher, Jansen. if he wants, or or Danny Jansen, you need to improve a catcher. Uh, and and why don't you go pick out uh, a funky left-hander Mm-mm. from the Blue Jay system, uh, a guy that is uh, a top of their organization, Ricky Tiedemann. Okay, a former third-round pick. I know this is going to light up all the the the, the, the chat boards, um, mainly just Connor commenting. Um, but Tiedemann is 21 years old. Uh, he's a lefty, sits around 96 miles per hour, has three pitches that are over major league average, his change-up slider and forcing fastball, and his fastball and slider are currently graded at 60, which would be above average. So he's got two above average pitches already as a 21-year-old. On a 20 to 80 scale, of course. On a 20 to 80 scale. That makes sense. Which, as um, we know, is ridiculous and makes no sense. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he got he gets a, I guess, a, what, a B plus uh, for his fastball and slider, uh, and he gets like a, a B to B minus on his changeup. Not a lot of guys even have uh, Cs uh, on their secondary. Sean, this asserts. grading scale makes no sense. I so, don't know. So. I'm just trying to make it more. <laughs> approachable and their top 30 he's where one wow their number one prospect yeah that's why uh, open your ears i said that would guys. he okay. would he do that would they do that well for dylan cease i mean yes i know Dylan well, one, Cease one is guy's that guy. good right but now I mean, actively in the major league baseball is that all the trade you're gonna have or he's, he's also not like a former first round pick like he's a former third round pick but no i mean i, I think like you know I, we want pitching and i think that I was listening to Brian Bannister talk on Inside the Clubhouse, and he said they want uniqueness. A lefty, already unique. Uh, what, 13% of the population is left-handed? I made that up. Um, that seems low. <laughs> I think it's 10% of the population. Really? It's even like, lower. Where'd you get that? My, my butt. You know, I, mem- I remember back in the day. You, Approximately 10%. Yeah. Huh. It, it used to be, like, very uh, uh, thought poorly of if, if you were a left-hander. Yeah. Like, like, literally in the in the country. Like, yes. if you're a lefty, it's like, ugh, get out of here. The uh, humans been have been around for five thousand years, and just for the past four thousand and fifty, we have uh, started finally to, uh, accepting uh, the lefties, yeah, tolerate lefties. <laughs> like, ugh, what are you doing? Yeah, th- thankfully. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it, Connor's chiming in and saying uh, Luis Robert will be required for Tiedemann or Cease. That's what I'm saying. Is Cease, Cease would be yes. the the team that you want a package I, now? Cease and Aloy for Alejandro Kirk and their number one prospect. I don't know if I I, I could leave out the Aloy Alejandro Kirk. Well, thing. you're That's teaming up thing. with you're teaming up yeah, with her. Saying, um, you're going to team up with me. You got to <laughs> trade Aloy away. But like I I I think 
everyone understands that when the White Sox are going out to get a a package for Dylan Cease, they are likely going to want two top 100 prospects. Uh, hopefully, that team that is acquiring him have two top 100 prospects in their uh, in their farm system. Uh, Tiedemann is that he's a top. 100 prospect, um, but he brings uniqueness, and that's what Brian Bannister has talked about. He wants uniqueness in the pitchers that they're finding. Him being a lefty, already unique. Uh, him having, uh, as uh, Fangraphs writes up, uh, a unique delivery style. Um, we already you know, like Chris Sale, um, very tough to just pick up because it's not repetitive. It's not uh, the similar arm uh slot that you're used to seeing in major league baseball it throws off that timing you have three pitches like this would be the perfect guy to replace cease with um cease has three uh, you know above average pitches already his spin is next level the white Sox really can't i feel lose that type of talent tiedemann is projected to be an all-star already um I, th- I think like you, you if you are looking for the cream of the crop like the best prospect to acquire for dylan cease that would be my wish, would be to get a guy like Tiedemann, and I don't think there's many guys like Tiedemann in Major League Baseball. And his ETA is now? He's 21. So, I mean, this is like Christian Mena, uh, young. Uh, okay, so probably 25 then. I would assume it's 2024. Yeah, so, I yeah, mean, 2024, what, what level he's, is he at? That 2024, he pitched mostly in AA and had four innings in AAA. Okay, That's oh, yeah, he's season. ready to go. Yeah, he's ready to go. So, and, I mean, he and that would probably be my thing, and I think if we agree... Chris Getz and Jerry Reinsdorf's thing where you're not trading a guy like Dylan Cease for a guy that's three years away or two years away even. You're MLB ready or MLB people are ready. So I'm good with anybody you bring back that has got a track record like that. But with so many other teams available, I know that the Blue Jays have that nice piece, but do they have another piece? Because I think that's good. But for Dylan Cease... And who he is, and the years available he has, and the money that he's available for. Right. More than Tiedemann, more than Kirk, more than, like, if you have another prospect and another top pitcher, be great. Right. Well, that's the thing, though, is, like, they, they have an outline of what they're looking to get, and it's it's clear that they want, you know, obviously the most talent possible. But I think getting the, like, the right cornerstone is more important. Um, I mean, the White Sox when they were trading away sale, obviously they got those two amazing pieces from uh, the farm system at the time in Mankata and Kopech. It hasn't played out to the way that you would hope, um, but a lot better than them not reaching the majors at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's still hope for Kopech and Mankata did get a $75 million contract. So it's not like they picked the wrong guys. Uh, it didn't seem like the Red Sox wanted to give up Devers. Um, so like, we, you don't know how Prospects will turn out, yeah. but that seems like a guy that just has so much uniqueness to him. And hey, I mean, you didn't even have that great of a year at double A. I mean, you had like a five ERA. Um, he also had a 16K per nine. Yeah. Which is I pretty was sick. I was, <laughs> and I was checking out the uh, PHNX Diamondback show, and they were trying to trade for Cease also. And they didn't really bring up names, but if we're going on that same track record of trying to get more highly ranked, highly thought of, the guy that we were talking about, the guy that came here, and shut the White Sox down and Brendan Fott, that's a guy that I would be like, yes. Give me him. Give me um, another maybe major league guy in the outfield. I don't know if Alec Thomas is you know, hitting your fancy because he did play well in the postseason, but his offensive numbers during the regular season, no great shakes, but his defense is awesome. I don't know if you want that as your right fielder. But if you bring Brendan Fott and Alec Thomas back to the table, 
I'm thinking. I'm looking. I, I don't think they're giving you Brandon Fott. He's going to be in their starting rotation, and they just signed Eduardo Rodriguez. They did. I, I think but they got playoffs on the mind. But you don't think they're like, okay, we got Dylan Seas for two years. They got and Fott for Merrill, five. Merrill Kelly for two years, and we got uh, Gallon. Gallon for two years. We're going to try to go at the Dodgers now. Now, Fott might be great eventually, but we know Seas might be great now for the two years we got him, and we can go head-to-head with those Dodgers. I don't know. Fott might be pretty damn good right now. Yeah, already. he might be. But I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't go away from a guy that just had that kind of like turnaround because once they sent him down to Triple uh, A and he came back 70 innings and he had a 4-2-2 ERA um, and then obviously he had the run that he did in the postseason. I, I, don't, I don't think that they'd be giving up Fott. Um, at least would to, you take that though? Fott Thomas? Yeah. Okay, I'm making sure. I mean, I would take I, at least to. I mean, maybe I, w- I wouldn't need Thomas, um, but if if Fott's coming over and he's like the cornerstone, yeah, I'll take that okay. absolutely. Um, Aurelvis Martinez is also a top 100 prospect for the Blue Jays. Those are the only two that they have uh, in uh, Tiedemann and Aurelvis. Um, I'm not sure uh, what Aurelvis. I, I did not do research on Aurelvis, but I mean. If those two are a part of the Blue Jays packet for, package for Cease, I could see it happening. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know who is going to be the actual winner of this Cease sweepstakes. And obviously, the Braves and Orioles were reported by Nightingale to be the favorites. But I don't think that that's going to – I mean, we, we don't know what can happen from here to whenever he's actually traded. Uh, let's take one more break, and then we'll wrap it up. want to let you know about our friends over at Empire Today. Five, eight, eight, two, three hundred – Empire today. I was listening one time. You guys did that harmonizing perfectly. Well, thank you, man. You guys are like a barbershop quartet. Oh, like Lynn Haldren. We, we, need the co- we need the costumes now. Yeah, we just and one more person. Hello, Sarah. my baby. Hello, my dog. Sarah, you can get the low end. Sorry, I'm talking about. I'm having such a riveting conversation about in the spoons? comments. Are you playing about knifey, spoons spoony? and forks? Uh oh. What's Shut happening up, over there? Her playing on Spotify. <laughs> no, I, I must have hit a thing in this damn Siri. I got a British Siri over here. Just put your damn phone down. I'm talking about Empire. With Empire <laughs> today, you get uh, shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire today is the best place to get new for- flooring. So of course they have copycats, but Empire can't be beaten on quality, service, speed. So competitors advertise low quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in yours. Empire keeps shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. They don't want to overwhelm you. You're just trying to get the perfect floors for your house. You know who knows how to do that? Empire. There's no fuss. They have a curated selection. Hey, you like this color? You like this color? You like this type of wood? You like this type of wood? We have options for you, but they're the right options, right? If you you have a certain style in mind, they're going to find it for you. And you could see this with their virtual floor designer. It's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. So schedule a free home uh, an estimate today. All <laughs> listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Again, all listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO over at empiretoday.com slash CHGO. Vinny, what'd you do this weekend? You know where I was on Saturday? Oh, I I, I do know, but I you want to tell the people. I was over on Fulton Street. Ooh, I was over at the Goose Island Tap Room, Ooh. and I was having a honkingly good time. Mm. Of course, I threw the I threw the Santa hat on, went out for a little Christmas crawling uh, over there in West Town, and of course, Goose Island had to be one of the stops because you know what? They've been Chicago's beer since 1988, and they are one of our great supporters here at CHGO. Now listen, that beer roster, 
if you go over to the tap room on Fulton Street, mm. it's yeah. lengthy. It's lengthy. Oh, yeah. Obviously, they got the 312. Obviously, they've got the uh, full, full pocket pills, which is the favorite of the non-Milwaukee Brewers. And obviously, they got that beer hug family that you can pick up at the Jewels all over the place. But you can get brewery exclusives over there in Westtown. I was drinking the Polar Peel Winter Wit. It had a little ginger Ooh. in it. Ooh. Ooh. It was nice and festive. Also had myself a Sophie, which, of course, is another mainstay of that Goose Island beer roster. But... Boy, I tell you what, it's a good one. They support us over here at CHGO. They are always supporting us during so many of our events, of course, too. Uh, but here's what you got to go do. You got to grow, go over to the tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. Uh, they've got brewery, brewery exclusive beers, like I said. You can buy some Goose merch over there, which I was eyeing as well. And, you know, you can even get a soft pretzel. Which who doesn't want that? You with a soft with a nice beer. Oh yeah, nice and warmed up. Oh yeah, Mercy. exactly. And you know the 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 one over in Lincoln Park uh, closed its doors uh, recently, but I think there's going to be uh, some more Chicago locations coming soon. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. But hey, Goose Island, we love them. They're Chicago's beer. Go give yourself, go have yourself rather a honkingly good time this holiday season. Honk, honk. Uh, all right, well let's wrap this up. Let's put a nice little bow on it. Uh, we got through all of our wish lists. Well, there's one, there's one more thing that I think might be on the Sox wish list, which, of course, we've talked about. Are they done at catcher? I don't know. We haven't heard from Chris Getz since they got Max Stassi. You, Sean, ran through last week a very sensible potential outcome in which they're not paying this guy much. The Braves paying most of that $7 million salary. Do they just bring him to spring training as one of several competitors? I would tend to think not just because he seems to check off the boxes that they were looking for, veteran, defensive-minded, knows how to handle a pitching staff, can go kind of either way depending on how good Corey Lee is this year. Doesn't He can top the depth chart. He could sit behind Corey Lee on it. So I'm not sure, but I think it's worth having that conversation because the, the possibility does – or the, there just do seem to be numerous possible outcomes with that considering that we haven't heard what the White Sox plans exactly are yet. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I could We've seen the Jonathan Lucroy thing before. I mean, maybe it's even like a – a Gary Sanchez thing. Uh, the Angels are apparently reportedly interested in uh, uh, Blake Snell. Maybe they don't bring Gary Sanchez to pair with uh, Blake Snell, and Sanchez really doesn't find his team. Uh, maybe they end up giving him a, a major league invite to camp or something like that. I, I, I could see that. Like, I don't think they're going to be aggressive in the catcher market. You know, I don't think they have a guy that they they want to go out and sign that they're like, oh, we're going to go set the market or not even that. But like. Like, I, I don't think we've, they're going to... We've talked about a lot of guys who are not... I don't think people are busting the doors down to go get a guy who's batting around 200 and, and playing good defense, but that might be exactly what the White Sox need. And so right. maybe there are moves to come. I don't know. I'm it just because, just because of the mystery right now, I think we can include it as a possibility on that wish list. A hundred days away from opening day. Also, bullpen too. Didn't bring up the bullpen. They need, like, 12 bullpen pitchers. But, they, like, think about the White Sox. If they have an analytics person, people in their room, they're counting the runs that they're going to score, and they're not there. So now you need to go and get an offensive catcher if you don't have an offensive right fielder or an offensive second baseman. And then for run prevention, you need some arms in the bullpen. And maybe the starters who don't make the rotation just automatically downshift to bullpen arms. But, you know, the volatility of – Every year-to-year year bullpens is going to be very high. And so I think the White Sox have to find a way to get more offense. Even though I don't like Gary Sanchez, he provides power 
that the White Sox dearly need. And it doesn't look like they're going to be in the right field uh, market for somebody like Teoscar Hernandez, who brings power, or Adam Duvall, who brings power. So they need to get some power from somewhere else. But why are they? Why do they dearly need it? You use that they, they dearly need. Like Offense? they're not trying to win. I mean, why they're not trying to win? Because look at the way that they're spending. I understand how they're spending, but they're trying to do run prevention. That's why they're getting all the starting pitchers that they're getting. That's why they're getting the Paul DeYoungs and the Neil uh, Nicky Lopez of the world. They're trying to prevent runs, and now they need to score runs. That they're trying to just do that I, situation where the RS comes down or RS goes up and the runs against go down. They were one of the worst Herb. in Major League Baseball. And so they can do that on the cheap by picking the ball up on defense, by getting starting pitchers and bullpen people. But now they need to get people who are in the margins who can hit home runs and drive in some runs so their RS goes up. But homers cost money. Not really. Gary Sanchez doesn't cost that much money. Teoscar Hernandez will cost money. If Adam they were, Duvall won't cost that much money. Herb, if they were trying to make the RS go up, they'd stop getting guys whose on-base percentages are under 300. Yeah, but they're thinking, like, Paul DeYoung is a wash offensively with Tim Anderson, what Tim Anderson gave you last year, but at least you get the defensive saves right there. So that's a net gain at shortstop. Same thing for second base and catcher. So they just need people who are going to actually hit home runs in the positions that they need to hit home runs in right field. And if they can't get it in second base, might as well get it at catcher because they didn't get it last year at catcher. And you can give away a couple of those uh, prevention because Gary Sanchez is not a great catcher, but he's a serviceable catcher, but it can hit. We'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, you, I, I surprised you didn't put Gary Sanchez in the wish list. I like Alejandro Kirk better, but I know that's a, it's a pipe dream. You, you like JD Martinez? He'll he'll bring the homer. So you brought him up. That's uh, another person. Yes. Um, all right. And I was working in the White Sox parameters. Me, if it was my money, I would have been already at the top of the market. But, you know, I know the White Sox are there. Right. Not there and never will be. Well, and that's the thing. is like I, I feel I couldn't even get Wade Miley, you know. We're going to go get <laughs> Gary Sanchez. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it. That's Vinny Duber. Go read his piece if you haven't up at allchgo.com and follow him at Vinny Duber. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Wall 23 And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at 20, uh, no at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We're at 22 like Scotty Pods, so I'll maybe get that up to Andrew Benatendi at least. Martian. Martian. Uh, Joe Creedy. Uh, thank you to Sarah for producing the show, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.